Hello and welcome to Sandpacks Podcast. My name is Pokela Lebea. In this episode of Sandpacks Podcast, we tell a story of a group of 10 people embarking on a Tuskers quest, which is part of the Imaging Tuskers project in the Kruger National Park. It is a three-day project where at the end of each day we get to hear what the experiences were, how many Tuskers or potential Tuskers were spotted, and what to expect the next day. At the end of the three day, we get to hear what everyone has learned in this project and what they are hoping to see in the next coming Tuskers quest. Please join us as we get to hear if whether they did see a Tusker or more Tuskers. Hello, my name is Kirsty Redman. I'm the interpretive officer based at the Latava Rest Camp at the Elephant Hall. Um, today, on the 28th of November, we are currently embarking on what we're calling loosely the Tuskers Quest. It's part of the Tuskers Project, which I'm in charge of. We're a group of about 10 people, which includes Richard Sauri, one of the section rangers in the Kruger National Park, as well as Nadrit Sadova from um, Head Office. She's our uh, manager e-business. And we've also brought along for the ride some of our honorary rangers from the virtual region. In particular, Delian Preston and um, Rosemary Hancock, and these are guys who are actively helping us on the forums and on the Facebook pages with the Tuskers projects. Yeah, as everybody knows, with the project, we are being very careful about locations. We're obviously trying to protect our big Tuskers, so we're not going to give you too many specifics about exactly where we are. But we are heading up to one of our big lookout points where we are able to see the open plains, and we'll specifically be looking for where the elephant movements are in the hopes that we can actually pinpoint one of our big tuskers in the event then we'll come down off the copies and we'll see if we can't locate him on the ground and then we'll happily be able to report that we've been able to take at least one tusker off the list. Okay, so that, that, that reservoir, you can see the three distinct rings on it, each is a meter, so that's three meters. You can then get shoulder height. Okay. So they're about three meters. The one at the top has been, no, you can see the one at the top, halfway to the bottom is because you're not going to follow look at Your bed, that's more of a useful there. I remember most things this morning. Yeah, we'll 
Even a little, the little youngster at 15 would be up the herd already yeah. normally, or? It could be a bit older than 15. Okay. Yeah. No, just... Yeah, One but he's... I noticed in the last few years with the droughts, the bulls are leaving the herd a lot younger. Mm. Mm. The last few years we've seen a lot of these young guys. Why, so that they don't have competition with each other? Or? I think just the stress on the breeding herd, once they're capable, mm. Do they have a senior amongst <laughs> the senior bull that's sort of a hierarchy? Yeah, yeah that, that young oak's yeah. probably looking towards the bigger guys. These are not really... So if there's a kind estrus, these guys are not going to be doing any work. They're too, too young. Looking at this reservoir, that was one of the unique things about that. Really? Yeah. He drank out of the reservoir for the day down. Got a flat section. Quarter of the tusk. Yeah. 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 Can you see it? Is that a baby tissue? That is a baby, yeah. Oh, that's Baby what? Tissue. Tissue is quite a rare antelope. Okay. Okay, so the, the guy that's just come around is on the left there now. If you have a look at the thickness of his ivory, yeah. he's around close to 50 those two. Okay. So you go and have a look closer. It probably was the Chanel tribe, but I mean a hundred years ago before. Okay. You would have to, a hundred years ago, you had to have the water of that river. And there had to be good pools in the year line. So people probably lived here when it was good times. And it was tough, they bugged off. I mean, right now you couldn't. There's no water here. You'd have to go to the stream and look a bit. And then the other side is, you say the, the Limpopo National Park. Kruger National Park is the, the Transfrontier Park. Yeah, so part of the Greater, the greater Limpopo GLTFCA, Greater Limpopo Transfrontier mm. Conservation Area, is Kruger and that. That's okay. Limpopo National Park mostly. Okay. I'll show you the map when we get back and you'll see on it. Okay. So are the animals, they just cross however they want to. Yeah, they do, but you can imagine, you must think, like an animal. So most are pretty water dependent. Yes. So if there's no water there, they're not going to be there. They want to be where there's no water. Okay. Uh, and one of the TFCI agreements was that you may not put in artificial water 10 kilometers from the border. 
So then, either yeah. that side or this side. Yeah, like dams and stuff. So you're not, so not one's not trying to pull the game <laughs> yeah. to their side, yeah. <coughs> well, they walk then. Richard Sauri, I'm section ranger in Kruger National Park. I've been here for since 2002, so it's just over 15 years. Today I joined the group on the quest for tuskers in the northern part of the Kruger Park. We left Lataba camp early. Um, yesterday was a cloudy day, pretty cold. There was not much sign of Ellie's around, um, so we drove north from Lataba. We didn't find much feeding sign or dung balls or tracks or anything until we were north of the Lataba River. Um, even at the waterholes there was not much. When we got to a bit of a vantage point where we could see over the Mapani shrub, we started seeing a couple of bull elephant out in the, in the short Mapani. Um, and we weren't picking up what they were doing. They were either looking for food or water and they move with rainfall events and changes in the seasons and we weren't picking anything of that up. Um, about midday we got, or before midday we got towards Mapani and then we got on a 10-seater and went up onto the Labombos and we looked over the plains over Tihongunin area which is a great area for Tuskers. We drove there via Mapani 
Moiklas windmill. We had a view of a couple of young young bulls, young, and you could see they had a lot of potential. The, the tusks were getting on the biggest side. From the mountains, we saw a couple of breeding herds and bulls moving. Um, but as the day heated up, we headed towards water out at Tihonganyin, and we saw a couple of nice bulls, big bulls, young guys, 35 to 40, with tusks that you could see in the future would get really big. And um, as the day cooled down, the Ellie's melted back into the bush and we ended up here back at uh, Tornana Camp, which is near Mopani, um, just having a sundowner. All right, it's Kirsty here again. We're at the end of day one of the, the Tusker's Quest. Um, we've had a very interesting day. We've seen an incredible amount of elephants. I think the general knowledge that's been passed around throughout the group has been fantastic and I think people are learning a lot. Sadly, no massive guys, but we're certainly on the right track. We will be moving out of the area tomorrow, so we're going up north and hopefully we will start finding some of the bigger guys. I think we got a good idea today of what time we can start expecting to see them, so we can plan accordingly in terms of moving into a new area. I'll be honest, I've learned a hell of a lot in the last yeah. I thought I knew a lot about elephants and clearly I didn't but I've been coming to Kruger Park not, not like you guys or Richard or Kirsty but I've been around elephant all my life and coming to Kruger the your bulls are, are, are far bigger in body and and plus weight than generally than in Zimbabwe. So I've always looked at your elephant like the elephant we saw today and I thought they were getting towards the end of their lifespan and they're not at all, absolutely not at all because they're so much bigger than ours um, I automatically assume that they, their growth and everything, they were almost there, they were fully mature not at all and those elephants that we saw today not a single one of them is anywhere near his full potential So. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic. The genetics here in Kruger absolutely amaze me. I used to come here just to look specifically for big bulls like Duke and Swanganini and Alexander. Those were the three that I knew well. And it's just fantastic to see these young, which I didn't realize were young, but these young up-and-coming bulls that are going to just keep this whole Kruger Tusker thing going ever in the fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, what I was just going to say to add on to what you guys both said, that for me one of the biggest things to come out of, what I want to come out of this week is that understanding, because you guys are the face of the forum, you know, you, as I call you, my bodyguards, because you deal with the public, and it's, as much as the Tusk is, is a wonderful marketing tool, and it's amazing for people to come look for them. There's a huge research value to this, and we're not just running around looking at elephants with big tusks. There's so much more to it. There's, there's a background to it, and it's, there is so much value in the data we are collecting. So to actually have that information not stay with us or come to us is, is to me, it's inconceivable that people only want to do it just because it's something pretty to look at. that 
lack of understanding that it's a, it's a research project. It's a registered research project. We report on it. We've got a database on it. And I think that's what people really actually don't understand, that I've got documentation going as far back as the early 80s of all the Tuskers that have been yeah. in, in the park. I mean, it's phenomenal, the information and the trends you can pick up and the movements and what you're actually seeing from as far back as the Magnificent Seven and how you've actually got this fluctuation in your Tuskers, the fact that why they're in the north, then why in the 90s were they in the south and why have they moved back to the north? You know, there's, there's so many drivers that people just don't understand. It's, for me, it's an opportunity now to actually try and get that knowledge out there. Here's an, an interesting anecdote for the day. So there's, there's, unpublished, there's an unpublished paper, it's still in draft format by Ian White, an elephant research in the park for many years. And they looked at tusk growth rate over the years and how it, it, it changes as elephant get older. And in the last sort of 10 years of its life, when they get to their last set of teeth, the growth rate starts to increase and almost go exponential. So you plot all of that on a graph, and you look at the big tuskers in the hall, and you'll note that all of them in the hall are over 50 years of age, generally up to 55. So if you, if you plot all of that on a graph, and you look at the average tusk weight of the 50-year-old elephant, not those that are 55, but just a 50-year-old elephant. The average tusk weight of a 50-year-old elephant in Kruger Park is 95 pounds per side in tusk weight. We today, we saw some up and comings, probably the best, we, the biggest we thought we saw was probably about an 80-pounder. We didn't, we didn't see anything, but then today we probably saw an elephant, the oldest was around about a 35-year-old elephant. So that's the thing in Kruger, as these elephants get older, we will see more and more bigger tuskers because the genetics is here. So you can't say, oh, they are disappearing, they're just young. And Kruger's got potential in years going forward to see yeah, many, many more big tuskers. But if they're going to get to the age of what we see in the hall, which is 55, we will really see big tuskers. But in the last few years, what's noticeable is that the elephant that we see being killed by other elephant, it's mostly early 50s. They're not getting as old as they were in the 80s. And it's usually bull conflict fighting with each other. And that's just because they're more elephant more young fighters out there. Now, that's just a product of the population in the park. You can get into it. I so it up like a dam. And it pushed it off over there, behind us. So about from that deep junction we've just come yeah. off to about nearly a kilometre back, it was just flowing over the road to the camp state. So it cut the corner and then it came back onto the river. You see which one is this one? Look at the heights where there's this the shimetsi and that one is Pungol. Uh, and where so does that one run from? The, the, the Pungol? How far? They're both from the east, the western border of the park. All the way from the western border. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah but the Pongol goes up. No, the Pongol. What's it called? Serini. Hmm? Serini. Breached. What, yeah. what is that on? Is that on the I think that's the Pongol, yeah. yeah. But then into the Pongol comes the Puguan and things like that. Then into the Shingwezi comes the Babut. And was that, that was that a hurricane or was that just an exceptional rain? It was just an exceptional rain, but also what, what was bad is we'd had very dry years. Oh, so, so there the was runoff. no grass cover and the runoff just... These are in Nyalas and Jackalberries. Well, that's a Jackalberry. That's a Jackalberry. Sometimes known as a transform mahogany. That's a leadwood there. Which is the big one on the... Yeah, that one is a Which is the pure basalt soil. It's a very shallow soil and over years of water infiltrating through it, it's formed a, quite a heavy, robust, and it's like a rock. Calcrete below it. And I'll show you some calcrete. This white stuff, bright white rock on the edge of the road here. That's calcrete. So the roots of the Mopani don't get down through the calcrete and other trees. And on the basalts, the grasses grow very well, so the fires are pretty hot when they get through here. So all of that keeps the mapani in this shrub felt or stunted form. When we get closer to the rivers, we get onto the deeper alluvial soils, and then the mapani grows into a full tree. And that's that's basically why so this will there's a difference. Yeah. yeah. So the fire keeps it down the depth of the roots and the mapani is also able to extract water out of this the soils the surface of the soil with an efficiency pretty close to grasses so it can compete one on one with the grasses Yeah, it's got through, yeah, and then it's also got out, it would, there's two, it's going to get, the soil's deeper, but it's also, so it's got its roots through, and it also has to get out of the fire trap, because all of this is still too low, the fire sweeps through here, or resulting in what we call the top hill. and then you'll see coppicing again from the base, the little more coming out. And it gets higher than that. Uh, this, this is very good felt, if you're an elephant bull, and you are not sensitive to exposure to the sun, yeah. this is not a problem. They get out and they feed on these open plains, but you don't really see the cow herds out in the heat of the day, and especially the summers on the plains, because the calves are really more sensitive to the sun. That's his own emission, yeah? And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's really a, it's a great bull elephant area. And it's interesting with buffalo on these, on these plains out, out here, because the buffalo are pushing between the mapanis all the time okay. and getting the, the more nutritious grasses are growing in the shade of the mapani okay. and the buffalo are getting in under there so what you see on a buffalo is they get a notch where the horns sweep down like this just next to the ears because they're pushing it past their faces past okay. the feet they get a notch in the horn here and a notch here yeah. i've got like a set of like that horns. same grass that grass thing that uh, you actually took on yeah, same thing. So you get a notch from the Mopanis, and then you know that buffalo came out of the Mopanis. felt the shrub Mopani fell. He's way up there, but he's moving. Okay, where he's going to, just 
Just over the hill is a waterhole called Mighty Sundari. Going left or right? Yeah. 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 Right to left. Some tusks are, are long and very thin and they will get to that weight. And then others are short, very thick, and they'll get to that weight of 100 pounds. So the, the original record book was Roland Ward, and it was not so much really about hunting, it was about natural history and measuring outstanding specimens within the natural environment. And then as time went on, it became more about hunting. And it was, you know, in those days, the hunting time was hard. Well, that's not even a really big one, but he's 
See how it is, you're just looking at elephant out there and then one of them has just got a big piece of ivory sticking out it. It's the same as all the rest. He's not a particularly big big elephant.
take a picture of the ears. That notch, that that big square out there on okay. his left ear is very diagnostic. Yeah. So you just Someone got some photographs of that? Yeah. Yeah, it's just that ear. The grass notch can grow and break off. Is the the lip hanging, sticking over the tusk, and see how that is much more. It's longer and almost flabby in a way compared to the guy on the right here. Okay. Look at that lip over the much longer lip over the. This tusk. is at the point at which we would I would look at naming. So he's got nice length on him, but he could get better. So that's an age thing, it's not always a tusker mm. thing, that, that lip thing, but that's an age thing. Yeah. So this elephant is, uh, for that size ivory, he's going 45 and over. And it's, it, it's pretty hard to, yeah, it's pretty hard to get more accurate than that, other than if you've known him for the last five years, then you can work on those age yeah. assumptions plus five. I'll Mm. Yeah. The Vasasana breaks and reforms his regularly. So some photos he doesn't have them, other photos he does. Oh, really? Yeah. <coughs> That's more like it. Now next one can be named, please. There's an interesting pattern on the on the on the forehead. There's two. They're not much, Creases that that cross. and picture the tusk going all the way to inside the eye.
Right here. On the both his tusks. You have the same shed as Mola. That's a pretty good photo for what the ear profiles look like. It's also going to be a bust. I think he's awesome. I actually goes round us because we were here first. So, so if you come at us, he walked us, he's their best, and we were here first. Okay. And if we get in his way, then we're their best. So he just wrapped us around us. May do, may not. Let's see if this piece really cruise on. to 20 here. Yeah? So now what we're looking at is the circumference of the tusk of the lip. So that, that is 18 inches. Okay. And you're you estimating the That is 18. And that's, you estimate that's 18. You're estimating you more than that. That's 18. Yeah. I think it's a bit more. Sorry? No? We're behaving ourselves, we are good. We're not ready to go. We've spent two days looking for this. That's 18. I'm, I would. Inches. That. I would go 19 to. 19 and a bit. Okay, so. There's a couple of methods of. The traditional measured method is whatever's sticking out from the lip in feet times the circumference of the lip. And then some areas you minus 10% or others you leave it as is or other areas and age classes you would add 10%. So for this if you're going to apply that to him you're going to add 10%. So what have we got sticking out there? Another method where if he is 18 inches of the lip, for every inch of ivory from the tip, and you must understand what's going on into the head, is one pound. So if you've got a hundred inches there, from the lip to the lip, and he's 18 inches of the lip from the tip to the eye. So if you're looking there and you're saying from the 
So what's that? That's 100 uh, inches. Two and a half meters. So is there two and a half meters of ivory there from his eye to the tip? I would say so. Okay. And he is 19 at the top, so then you're going to say he's 10 to 100 feet. If you look at what's in the hall, Wait, 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 does anyone want to drink?
on the bottom side of his feet. You can see the patterning and the wear of the cracks. You can go forward, please. Yeah, we can go forward and behind him. Would these guys have been like buddies for like weeks or months no. or years or days? Days. Okay, so we left Mapani pretty late at about 7 o'clock and we headed north towards Shingwedzi. It was pretty dry the first bit. Um, then it greened up, that obviously had a bit of rain about halfway and we started seeing a couple of elephants. Um, then it got dry again towards Shingwedzi and no Elise again. Um, and got ourselves settled in and headed out north and we discovered a lot of elephant out in the plains between Shingwedzi, particularly towards 
Babalala and that Boyella waterhole just to the south of Babalala. There were a lot of elephant on the plains with herds, small herds and numerous bulls and we saw one very nice single tusked elephant at Babalala. Yeah, had a good day. Came back via the Mpongo Loop and saw two large bulls, both in the region 35 years plus. The one was probably in the early 40s age-wise, but short broken tusks. And then this afternoon we went down Kanido Damway, very little sign, no, no tracks, no dung balls, no sign of elephant. Yeah, so tomorrow we will, we will head back north again and try and hopefully find some elephant that we missed that would have been around those water holes today before we got there. Done. Yeah, as Richard says, it's been an, an interesting day. Sadly, no big tuskers. Um, but it's certainly been an interesting day. We, as I say, the single tusker we found was certainly quite impressive. So we'll have to go back to the books and see if we can figure out who he is. Um, yeah, and it's been a, a good one. Tomorrow is it? We will find somebody with big tusks. Nobody. I don't mind who. We will find somebody. Be positive. Tomorrow it is. Another wonderful day in the Kruger Park. Saw plenty of elephant. Lots of up and coming tuskers, which is very encouraging. The genetics here are unbelievable for someone who doesn't see it as often as most of you. Absolutely fantastic and uh, seeing the single tusk bull that was absolutely majestic, beautiful animal. Fantastic day. Looking forward to tomorrow. Uh, a wonderful experience being with people who really know what's going on, people's experience uh, and who live this life with passion and have a passion for all of this. It's it, just a fantastic experience. Today was a hot day, but a good day. Um, we, together with a fun group of people, and we've seen lots of Ellie's and learning about them each day. Um, unfortunately, no big tuskers, but it was good overall. Come on, Bulgaria. <laughs> the only thing I can say is uh, echo Neil's sentiments. Learned a lot, and I've just got to swap with somebody else in the truck so I can tan my other arm. <laughs> and that's it, basically. Had a great day. It's been an amazing day. I've learned um, so much from the guys that work in Kruger, that work with the, on the Tusker project. It's been absolutely awesome. Priceless. Well, I must say I've gone through another round of education myself. Uh, I always thought that uh, birders were the most weird breed of people, but Tuskers specialists really beat them by far. And it's been an eye-opening experience in, in all respects, this light-hearted yet extremely scientific approach to um, following tuskers and recording them and uh, just, um, you know, piling information about them year after year after year. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal experience and I am humbled to watch how my colleagues at Sun Parks do this. 
So I take my hat off to them and I will never ever ever look at another elephant the same way again. <laughs> okay, for me I'll say tomorrow is another day, another opportunity for us to to see a tusker and I'm positive we're going to see a tusker or two or three. Sure. <laughs> okay. Camera ready? As a good South African, I experienced something very rare today. I compromised meat over vegetables on the braai. I have never cooked vegetables before meat in my life. And I suppose today yeah, it was the first. You were outnumbered. And it might not be repeated again. <laughs> Maybe next time we come in, you'll be a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, that I want to see. Don't choose, sir. What did you say? I'm O positive. I'm O positive. That means you need to eat. Yeah, I need to eat. You have to put that in, boss. Yeah, I know. Hi, my name is Richard Sari. This is the last day of the Tusker Quest. This morning we went south towards Red Rocks. There was very little uh, elephant activity out there. We did see what is thought to be the biggest leadwood in the park down there, which was really great to see. It's still in good nick. Then we went north up to Babalala um, and beyond. It was overcast this morning, so elephants weren't that active early on, but later it got a bit more active, and we saw a lot of bulls associated with all the water points up to Babalala and north of Babalala and the springs and on that Shisha River. We saw a really nice um, elephant, early 40s, really big tusks. The one thing that did strike us today was that the fantastic genetics that is in this park. We heard of a big bull that had been around the Babalala area, um, but it moved off as those big bulls are very shy and tend to spend time on their own. What I hope to see in future years of the Tusker project is just keep monitoring these big elephant, having a look at the dynamics within the population and the age classes and structures within the elephant population because that will <clears throat> ultimately reveal as to what we could expect out there in terms of big elephant because big tusked elephant are old elephant and the oldest elephant we saw probably was the one we saw yesterday late 40s but that was that very big single tusked Ellie. Good. <clears throat> Hi, Bill Bedford. I've uh, managed to attach myself to this fantastic group. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to come to Kruger many times, but not for probably 10 years. I just have to tell you all that the legacy of the Kruger Bulls is alive and well. And what, we've, what we have seen on this trip is that the up-and-coming bulls are absolutely fantastic. There are numerous bulls that are going to reach that 
wonderful 100 pound mark and that your children and grandchildren are going to benefit from that and they're going to be very privileged like we have been to see these bulls. Don't worry about the tuskers of Kruger, they're alive and well. Thank you very much. Hi, the name's Tony, I'm the stupid one. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'm a bit cleverer by the end of these couple of days. Um, I've learned to identify whether buffalo are 8 years old, 9 years old, 10 years old, <laughs> and whether elephants are 50 pounder, 75 pounder, or getting close to 100 pounder. From next week, I'll be looking for quarter pounders again at McDonald's. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's very, been very enjoyable, and uh, hopefully I can impart the little bit of knowledge I have learned to others in the future. Cheers, bye. Hi, my name is Nedret Seidova, and I'm the senior manager for e-business at Sandparks. I, my involvement here is a cheerleader, coordinator, facilitator, and a supporter to great bunch of people that are truly heartfelt uh, about Tuskers and about okay, and about um, what legacy these um, species will leave behind if we manage to preserve them that is and I have gone through a schooling of the within these three days that made me eat humble pie about what it means to manage this land and you know including Flora fauna, including the Tuskers. And um, my interest in this is to link to bridge the worlds like our tireless volunteers, the virtual honorary rangers, and how they can help Sandparks and my colleagues at Sandparks who are always short of resources, but um, they themselves working tirelessly on these projects and trying to make things happen you know, make the best with very, very little that we have at our disposal on all levels. And it's been an absolute, absolute privilege, although I still think I'm probably the, you know, even more stupid than Tony was. <laughs> uh, on the subject, I think, Tony, you're actually very bright, so please don't say that. Um, I'm definitely a city girl, and this taught me a lot about what, how much goes behind the scenes about maintaining this place here and I am truly humbled so um, if there is one way I can in which I can support this in the future is uh, try and remain an active link between the different parties and at least um, really be um, of as much um, you know really support on many levels as yes and I can definitely see a need for greater online presence in terms of uh, enabling public to submit information on the Tuskers. Possibly coming, um, if all goes well, through a mobile app on the Sandpark site uh, that can be downloaded and that uh, with one click pretty much people can submit information on the Tuskers that um, the authorities like Kirsty can make use of. <laughs> And that in the background was not me and my body parts, it was <laughs> a hippopotamus <laughs> right in the water. That is exactly, that's where we are. We are in the Kruger Park and you folks get to hear it all. So.
Anyway, looking forward to future projects. Thank you. Okay. I'm Deline Preston, Chairperson of the Virtual Honorary Rangers. I feel privileged to have been involved in this project and spent the past few days with real experts in the field. I have learned so much about Tuskers and also about how the park is managed, about how the park needs to be managed for, just to ensure that it survives for future generations. I feel proud that our park is in hands of very competent, passionate, absolutely passionate people. And I would like to encourage everybody to support these people. If you see, not only on the Tusker project, but because this is for it related to the Tusker project specifically, on this project, if you should see elephant in the park, if you need any information about it, please submit your pictures to Sandpox. Please support this project. We need to support these guys build their database. Hi, I'm Rosemary Hancock. Um, I'm also a member of the VHRs and a forum assistant for Sand on the Sandpox forum. Um, I can just agree with what Celine has said here. Um, the last three days has been an absolute education. I feel very fortunate to have been part of it. Um, I've learnt so much about Tuskers, about um, the felt they, they occur in, um, and my aim would be to pass what I've learnt on to others on the forum and on the Sandparks pages, um, Facebook pages, and um, I think it's vital that the information is passed on to the Sandparks team. The visitors out there that are spotting the Tuskers, they should know how fortunate they are to even see one of them. And the information is vital, and I, I can't stress how important it is to pass all that on to the team so that this project can grow. Um, I feel the guys that are out there that are doing all this, our Tuskers, our Kruger Park is in excellent, excellent hands. Um, the guys are fantastic. Thanks. Hi, I'm uh, Neil Preston, husband of one of the more serious people here, who came just as an observer, uh, but I can only support everything they've said. Uh, it, Kruger's a, a, a very special place, and, and it, it takes special people to manage it and look after it, and there are lots of those people here doing a tremendous job. It's been three days of as Rosmi said, education, um, I don't think it's much more I can say, but except that we need the Kruger, it needs to be looked after, and it's being looked after by dedicated people. Thanks. Hi, good evening. My name is Rihanna Adamser. I work at the Elephant Museum in the Little Barrest Camp. The last three days have been really educational. We've seen a lot of beautiful places and lots of Ellies, with some of them having the potential to become Tuskers. Um, the Tuskers project I think is a real benefit for Kruger Park um, and I hope we will have lots of visitors um, benefiting from this project and enjoying these magnificent animals. They are really impressive and special. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Hi, this is Kirsty Redman. I'm the interpretive officer at Lataba. I'm also the coordinator of the um, Tuskers project. 
we are officially at day three. It's 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 over. It's very sad to be ending the Tusker's quest, and I suppose everybody will ask whether it was a success or not. And I think at the end of the day, it's been hugely successful, primarily in that the people who assist greatly and who are invaluable to the project in various forms on our social media apps from from head office have had the opportunity now to actually see what what it's all about to actually come down to the Kruger Park and realize that it's not just about the photos and I mean unfortunately we did not find the named bulls which would have been I think the cherry on on the pie of the Tuskers quest but we've had an amazing experience we've been very lucky to be joined by Richard Sari, the section ranger at Kingfisher Sprite, whose wealth of knowledge on, on ivory and elephants has been an eye-opener, even for someone like myself who's been working on the project for about 12 years. So I think we're all going away from this much richer, and I'm looking forward to planning the next Tusker's Quest, where we've got a few tricks up our sleeves to hopefully improve our chances of finding some of these these named guys who are quite elusive. And I think if we've nothing else, we've proved that for anybody out there who's managed to see these magnificent creatures, you are very lucky. It's not that easy to find them. And I think when you do get that opportunity, enjoy it. It's something special, it's unique, and it's certainly something that we want to see surviving for the next generations. Till next time.